Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. to talk about a bunch of songs today. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. I'm the Sarah in that joint, Sarah Debunting, and I'm here, as always, with Mark Blankenship. Hello, Mark. I can't talk. I'm busy running with the shadows of the night. <laughs> hell. Hell is for children and or <laughs> other people. Hard to say. Uh, as, you may have, uh, as you may have realized from looking at your podcast app, we are at a like round number episode which means it's time to rank an album. Mark, what are we doing here? Okay, well, thanks so much to our listener, Sherry, who's on Twitter as at Donutty, uh, for recommending via Twitter that we rank every song on Pat Benatar's Best Shots. I felt a shot of adrenaline coursing through my heart when I saw that suggestion and realized it was, in fact, the perfect suggestion. So... We basically had the, the sound of the car screeching like, and then we turned and we were suddenly going in this direction. So yeah. that is why we're here. Oh, before we go forward, uh, David Gregory Byrne wrote that theme song. Yes, but he did. he did not write any of the Pat Benatar songs that we were about to discuss. And I have to tell you, before we get started on this ranking, no, first I'm going to do this because I always forget to do it at the top. Here's how it works when we do an album ranking, folks. We've done four or five of them now. I always love them. Uh, we're going to go through each song on the album that we're discussing in chronological order. Each There are 12 songs, which means there are 12 different point values that Sarah and I can assign to a song. So for instance, if we think track one is the best song on the album, I will give it 12 points and Sarah will give it 12 points. But then here's the twist. Also, our listeners um, and our Patreon patrons, I should say, have been voting in an exclusive to patrons poll on the songs on this album as well. Uh, uh, We have tallied and ranked all of their votes. So the song that got the most votes from patrons will perforce become their number one song. So the patrons can also give 12 points to their number one song and so on down to one point. If it doesn't make complete sense, keep listening. It will all become clear. And also let me add that we are using the original edition of the Best Shots, Greatest Hits of Pat Benatar album, meaning that the last three bonus tracks, including a live version of Hell is for Children and The Painted Desert and Outlaw Blues, will not be discussed. We are discussing the 12 canonical songs from the American version of the album. All right. And <laughs> so all of that out of the way, I want to say that this has been, honestly, Sarah, for me, something akin to a religious experience. I have been taken to church, to temple, and to Eden with Pat Benatar. I have gone so deep into her back catalog through this project. There are so many Pat Benatar songs that aren't even on Best Shots that now I want to talk about, but this is not the time. I love Pat Benatar, and what I have realized that I love about her so much that I somehow didn't grasp, despite having loved her now for easily 30 years, is that she is the best of hair metal excess and tight rock discipline. You get crazy meatloaf style singing but you get um, constrained three chords and the truth rick springfield styled songcraft, and i love everything about it god bless you pat benatar and the songs that you've unleashed upon my big gay soul 
Um, I will add that uh, a critical part of the church-going experience is the occasional bout of church giggles. <laughs> and that befell me a couple of times. Yes. In the um, quasi-religious, occasionally hilarious experience of ranking this entire album yes i think this is the most that i struggled with the actual rankings um oh in one i feel like we say that every time but it was like there were a couple of clear rankings and then the other like nine or ten songs i was like i don't I don't know how to do this. Can't everything be like eight? Sure. I don't know. So I'm I interested to see. An, yeah. Uh, I mean, it sounds like we shared that struggle, but I'm interested to see where we ended up with it. I have long since given up any belief that we will ever align on anything. So I'm sure that like, I just, I'm, I'm expecting the, the usual gasps. I, I embrace, I'm excited. I've been so excited about this episode, Sarah. I like, honestly, I can't wait. I've been making Andrew listen to me talk about it for days. I'm like, Andrew, it's like two days. Are you ready? Are you ready? Can't handle it, right? Okay, great. Um, I We should have just recorded this like two days ago, like when I first sat down to do my rankings anyway we should stop talking about our process and start talking about the rankings let's get to it okay. yes so the f- the first song on the album is love is a battlefield which obviously is one of the seminal pat benatar songs um but you know interestingly sarah neither you nor i called for a clip so we will not be hearing love is a battlefield on this episode and i feel like that might surprise some of the listeners and honestly a little bit surprised me but when i got right down to it i thought huh i of course of course like this song there's only one song on this whole album today that i don't like i like this song a lot i've listened to this song about a thousand times i would never be mad about it i in fact sometimes love this song but compared to the other songs i feel like this song is a little ponderous and long and i, I think agree. it and it's the music video that makes this song such a classic. Even though the song is great, without this music video, I don't know that this song would have been burned into my mind. So that's my initial thought. Uh, this is the this is um, one that definitely benefits, I think, from its placement on the album. This is a quintessentially '80s opening to a song um, that opens a quintessentially '80s artist's greatest hits album. Uh, I will always have a soft spot for the song because of my brother and sister-in-law's wedding karaoke Mm. in which Samantha Bunting destroyed this song in wedding regalia. It was amazeballs. Um, The guitar is great. Her like rock wail is great, but it is a little too long. I think like five minutes is like, I don't, I don't think you need that last minute. Um, and well, five minutes for a song that doesn't really change that much. Yeah. And then the line, touch me deep inside, still makes me laugh because I am five. <laughs> um, I do want to say that now I'm imagining Sam singing the song in a wedding dress. Yeah, she was. That makes it even better. Yeah, there, there are photos. Um, I'll, try to, I'll try to unearth one for the show notes. But it's, it is worth noting, though, that this song is co-written by the great Holly Knight, who also co-wrote Invincible, which we'll talk about later. She co-wrote Never, 
for Heart, she co-wrote Better Be Good to Me by Tina Turner. She's one of the great rock and roll songwriters of the 80s. So we do honor you, girl. And of course, the video where like Pat Benatar becomes a taxi dancer is <laughs> crazy and good. So there's that as well. It's true. Um, how many points did you honor this with? Where is it ranked for I you? Put, I put this song, which again, I quite like. I put it in eighth place and gave it five points. Oh, boy. <laughs> This this is going to be a barn burner. Uh, I had this at number four with nine points. Oh, shit. Okay. And the listeners, the patrons who voted in the poll, had it in second place with 11 points. Huh. Girl, we're already. <laughs> what is going to happen today? Uh, yeah, I need a break. What? <laughs> I need a break. <laughs> okay. Well, so next we come to... Um, Promises in the Dark. Love is a Battlefield reached number five. Promises in the Dark did not even crack the top 20, but Pat Benatar is someone whose ranking on the singles chart has never quite matched up with the quality of her work. There's, she, she should have had much, many more top 10 hits than she did. Anyway, but I did call for a clip from Promises in the Dark, so let's roll it. Oh my god. I honestly feel like I just exploded when she did that high note. Like every time that she hits that high note, I actually feel like I my genitals exploded, everything like my hair fell out. I I actually was scorched by the sun and the moon. Weirdly had its own light to scorch me with. I fucking love this song so much. It is so over the top. Pat Benatar is a classically trained classically trained vocalist as everything that you has ever written about her will remind you she puts that to great use here this is the meatloaf song that meatloaf never recorded pat benatar is not an ironic artist there is not a shred of self-mockery or irony in her music and you need that kind of sincerity to sell this this is the sound of 37 lesbians on motorcycles racing into the sunset in the desert this is the sound of water that turns into cheap domestic beer and then suddenly you realize you're excited because all you wanted was a Michelob it's trashy it's over the top it's wonderful I love it so effing much and yet because this is such a complicated album i still only put it in fourth place and gave it nine points um (laughs) this is a complicated album (laughs) oh god it's the classic sarah pause and interjection uh (laughs) this is a complicated album um which is why this abortion of a vocal is still only no place mark why didn't she take that note again she sounds like a cat (laughs) in a room full of rocking chairs it's terrible and then there's this transition like a minute in it's very rick springfield that's not a bad thing but there's all this like melodramatically dead space in the song 
And then the bridge, oh my God, like you could see her eyeing the high note and then just like throwing her uh, grapple hook up there. And it's like, girl, no, 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 splat. I mean, I totally get, I totally get what you're saying. Like, I think that if that note doesn't sound off and squally to you, that this song is so much that it's awesome. But that note, like, I don't think she hit it. With all of that said, there is a place in my heart for the montage music for a Karate Kid knockoff film. And that place is (laughs) ninth. Four points. Oh, my God. Sarah, you are so correct that that is a Karate Kid. Training montage for a Karate Kid knockoff film, like uh, Surf Ninjas or like uh, The Judo Queen or something like that. Yeah, or like um, Skate – well, there was a Skate Town USA starring Mark Hamill, but something like that. Like Skate Regionals, like (laughs) cool. (laughs) Look. look. (laughs) So you gave that that four points, you said? So the – and I – gave it nine and then the patreon patrons in the poll put it in a tie for seventh place giving it six points all right i love it now i think it's quite telling that the next one two three songs uh we have a total of six songs that are clipped on this album and five of them come in the back half and so often an album is front loaded but i feel like this is maybe the most back loaded album i've ever heard yeah it's it's really interesting, and especially since I think when it came out, it was an album with sides. It's really interesting right. that they lead with Love as a Battlefield, and then there's some other things that happen. Well, and I don't know how well you know the rest of her music, but she had a top 20 song called Little Too Late that is phenomenal and is not on this album. She had a top 20 song called Treat Me Right that is phenomenal and is not on this album the second ever music video played on mtv after the buggles video killed the radio star was pat benatar's version of you better run which is phenomenal and is not on this album and then the lead single or the the title track from her album get nervous which is called anxiety parentheses get nervous phenomenal not on this album now again i don't have a problem really with any of the songs we're about to discuss but all four of the songs that i just mentioned to you are in my mind more deserving of placement oh yeah no i agree and i have a problem with our next song shall we move on to it Uh, (laughs) yes tell why don't you tell us what it Uh, is it is called one love song of the lion (laughs) this is the song that goes over the credits of the karate kid knockoff movie skate regionals (laughs) starring sarah you've actually this is a career change for you. You have to start making these these films because you're so right. <laughs> this is another five-minute song. Somehow we're already at a bridge a minute and 15 seconds into it. Um, one of my notes reads, It is shocking to me that only two minutes have passed. I think I might be collecting Social Security. <laughs> what is this song for? famine awareness uh like save the lions my last note is jesus fucking christ song please end before i kill myself like it is this like when you were saying before that she has no like sense of irony 
about herself this is like those worst tendencies like that this seems like it was a a response to something that was happening in africa and it was like maybe the answer to a question no one asked her and it's the it's the weakest song on this album by far like i had no problem putting this in last place and that's what i did a one point Ooh, okay well girl this is gonna be an interesting day because i don't i don't love this song i'm not gonna come over here and tell you that when i had a baby i named it song of the lion blankenship (laughs) um i've really been on a on a kick recently of naming my fictional children um yeah whatever i'm here for Uh, it but i i find that the 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 thing about this song that that somewhat salvages it for me is the we are the children of the younger days like i just think the melody of that is really pretty and so i find it to be a forgettable yet pleasant song and i will say that i have had the best shots cd since i since like 1998 or some really long time and i never put there were certain songs from this album that i did not move to my computer when that whole process was happening so i actually didn't hear one love for years until we i knew we were ranking this album so i basically heard this song for the first time listening to it now and i understand why i left it off of my computer but i'm like not mad at it i i think it's kind of pretty but i don't have that much to say about it either i don't have your glorious passion for it (laughs) um but it does i will say that i saw pat benatar in concert in like 2005 she was awesome but she she talked about all of her songs as though they were the things that were going to get America out of, oh, it must have been actually like 0203, because she was talking about her songs and how they were going to get us out of what we'd gone through after 9-11, like Invincible was going to be an anthem and whatever. And I was like, Pat, girl, I am so proud for you right now that you are walking in belief. But again, like maybe even Alanis Morissette released a parody video of herself singing My Humps. Like, one one moment of Pat to understand that maybe it ain't that deep would be fine. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's not happening. Spoiler. But, no, never happened. Okay, so she's got a song right now that's she's back on the adult contemporary charts as we record this in November of 2017 with a song that's in a documentary about women, mili- uh, women in the military uh, called Served Like a Girl. And I have to look it up because I want to make sure that I get the title just right. Hold on. It's a song that she co-wrote with Linda Perry, who also does not have uh, an ironic bone in her body. Okay. Pat Benatar's current single is called Dancing Through the Wreckage. Of course it is. Ah, okay. And I've listened to it. It's not It's not a bad song, but that title tells you a whole... That's like even Melissa Etheridge does not go there. No. Anyway, I give one love. I put it in ninth place and gave it four. Oh boy! <laughs> and the listeners, uh, the patrons, put it in tenth place in a tie for tenth place, so it gets three points from them. Well, next we come to a song that I actually do like, but it's just like there are so many awesome songs on this album that this song just isn't that. Um, it's called "All Fired Up." And the, to me, what makes this, this was her last top 20 hit. It peaked at number 19. 
what makes this song really fun for me is the the chorus. Now I believe there comes a time when everything just falls in line. And as she's singing that, there's this really rollicking drum beat underneath it. And then it, it reaches a point where all of the music drops out and she just growls acapella. Now I believe. And you just feel like, awesome. Yes, lighters in the air. So I gave the song uh, six points and put it in seventh place, which is actually a place above Love is a Battlefield. But if you ask me tomorrow, it might be slightly different. But that's where I am today. Seventh place, six points. This song is fine, um, but it sounds like a an experiment, a successful one, but still an experiment in how to build a Pat Benatar track at home, like from a kit. <laughs> you have the aggressive guitar, you have the acapelloid section, you have the big heroic cliches in the chorus, and it's at least 45 seconds too long. Um, it's There's an interesting Hendrixy opener happening here, but it's like, again, like, get to it, lady. Um, I don't dislike the song. But this is this like squashy middle, like the squashy don't care middle of this album for me that a lot of it just like sort of drifted to the bottom because I liked other songs better. So I had this one tenth, three points, which makes it sound like I kind of hated it, but I just, I don't, I just don't care that much. Fair enough. And the listeners, the patrons put it in ninth place and gave it four points. And next, we get to a song, another song that did not make the transfer to my computer. It is uh, the very new wavy sounding Blondie inspired, I think, We Live for Love, which to me is most notable for being the song in which Pat Benatar just never comes down out of that breathy high register. This song is inoffensive. I, I don't mind it, um, but I don't really have anything to say about it. And I put it in 11th place. Goocher, that's where I put it too. Um, I didn't recall ever having heard this song before, and it doesn't even sound like her on the vocal for a lot of the song. Um, no. I'd like to note that this is off the same album that had Heartbreaker on it, and there was a song on that album called My Clone Sleeps Alone that I feel like oh. I have to seek out, even if it's terrible, because what does that even mean? And what a perfectly, like turn of the 70s and 80s new wavy song title sounds like it's a devo song thomas dolby couldn't have said it better himself no he and he may have tried uh repeatedly yeah this song just isn't great she seems overmatched by the range and it's a little repetitive it just seems kind of like i don't know like they tracked one verse and then just looped it i don't yeah eh 11 and the patrons put it in last place and gave it one point. So I think, and actually this is the only song on the entire album that did not receive any votes. Huh. So it only gets one point by virtue of the fact that every song gets at least one point. Yeah. Um, but now we've reached track six and this is where we get into Clipapalooza. Uh, oh, Sarah, shit. why don't you introduce the next song? Um, this is uh, Hell is for Children, as you will hear numerous times in the song. <laughs> this is also too long the lyrics are like kind of bonkers like they make perfect sense and yet also n no sense and then there's this super weird 
like transition at around the middle point of the song that it's like, okay, let's rock and roll, child abuse. <laughs> wow. Like, what the fuck? I mean, it's insane. Let's hear a clip. I mean, what the fuck is happening? Exactly. It's like <laughs> someone threw Luca and ACDC in a blender, and this is what you got. Um, that transition that we just heard, which is what I was talking about before, is like. I am so close to being offended by how completely misguided it is. But this song, I mean, the song is just misguided, terrible, over the top. The bridge is still going on in an alternate dimension somewhere. It's really long. But it's fascinating. Like, I am fascinated by this song and how like just what a Frankenstein it is. It's, it's not yes. good, but it's, it's interesting. Like it's bad in an interesting way. And I forgive her for being like, for just standing on every nose that she could find with this, this lyric, because she is the earnestest. Like she just is not no sense of humor at all. Uh, but I had this at number six. <laughs> with seven points because I just <laughs> kept thinking about it and how fucking bazoo it is. It is bazoo. They should call it bazoo. Hell is bazoo. <laughs> seven points. Hell Mark. is bazoo. Hell, hell is bazoo. I'm going to play a kazoo. Wee. Wow. It's a lot. <laughs> and then like 50, then 50 abused children all play kazoos at the same time. And yeah. <laughs> I also just want to read to you some lyrics from an earlier verse. Be daddy's good girl and don't tell mommy a thing. Be a good little boy and you'll get a new toy. Tell grandma you fell from the swing. Huh. Okay. It really makes you appreciate the poetry of Luca when you hear this. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> um, also, have you seen the movie Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping? No. It's the Lonely Island, um, you know, Andy Samberg. And right, like right. Yeah, no, I'm familiar. I just haven't seen it. There is an amazing song that the fake band in Popstar creates about gay marriage. And it's basically this song where it's like Andy Samberg is just like, uh, I think everyone should love, but I'm not gay. Don't ever tell nobody not to love, but I'm not gay. I like flowers, not gay. I, I, I appreciate male beauty, not gay. And like it's, it's kind of reminds me of this. And I want to say this. Um, there is a way in which a last place ranking can be its own compliment. <laughs> and that is that is what I am choosing to believe here. Uh, I did put this song last. This song 
is so batshit crazy and like you said so close to being offensive but i would listen to this before i would listen to we live for love i would listen to this before i would listen to song of the lion like this song only gets one point from me but that one point is loaded with respect i i mean that checks out like there is no reason for this <laughs> not to be last for me except that it there are other songs that were boring and this is not boring it's a lot of other no, things sure that start isn't. with b bad shit bad but it's not boring so the aforementioned bazoo yeah bazoo and the patrons i think agreed with you and i'm guessing for the same reasons they put it in a tie for seventh place with six points. uh-huh all right but now oh god we've reached <laughs> the back half of the album <laughs> here we go and i just want to say the next song is shadows of the night and when i saw the aforementioned concert with ms pat benatar she started the concert doing new material from her new album and everyone was polite and attentive enough but the second that she sang we're running with like by the time she got to the word with the entire room was on its feet screaming it was like the concert didn't really start until this song and i always think of this song as a great example of the song that gets the party started and i did call for a clip from shadows of the night so why don't we play that clip all right Oh my God, Sarah, I love this song so much. It only peaked at number 13. It is a much bigger hit in my heart. The video has Bill Paxton as a fighter pilot in the like 1940s or something. It's incredible. The chorus to me, I could listen to that chorus on a loop for a year and never get tired of it. I, I think this song is peak Pat. It is such a great hook. It has got great production. Her vocal is great. She really moves effortlessly between the growling rock vocal and the sort of pure trained vocal that I love. Uh, I The song really fills me with joy. I put it in third place and gave it 10 points. Huh. I like this song. Uh, I like the harmonic progression in the beginning. It's somewhat unexpected. Like when you're really listening hard to a song the way that at least I do to, to prep for a Mastess episode, you sometimes hear things for the first time and I like I do this song, but I also felt like I was really appreciating it for the first time. But at the same time, while there are some unexpected things in it, this is absolutely peak Pat. Like if they had to engrave one Pat Benatar song on a gold record, I wouldn't have a problem if they picked this one. I mean, okay, I would, but we'll get into it later. Um, but I also have a little bit of a grudge against this song because it was a fucking nightmare to try to roller skate to at Florham Park Roller Rink. <laughs> I don't know why that fucking guy kept putting on these weird mid-tempo songs and then being like, group skate, like how do we even do, 
how help us uh the song does kind of seem like all chorus like there's i don't know the build is a little weird to me but i like it i just didn't have it in the top half that doesn't mean i hate it i just it wasn't one of my favorites i had it at number eight five points and I will say, you're right. This song pretty much is all chorus. But like I said, the cor- it's that if you chorus, love the chorus, so then me, you're then you're uh, then you're styling with that. So, and I I quite specifically clipped a section where you just hear the chorus twice in a row, and there's some like bridge in there, but it's like whatever. That's just an excuse to get to more chorus. Um, the patrons put this song in fifth place, by the way, and gave it eight points. Well, Sarah, you have called for a clip of the next song, so why don't you uh, tell us what's up? I did. The next song is Hit Me With Your Best Shot, uh, the song from which the title of the album is taken, and very cleverly. Uh, The opening bars of this song immediately make me feel better about life, no matter what is going on. Uh, It's a nice, short, defiant song. It doesn't have any of the build problems that I've mentioned about previous tracks. Um... This was on seriously every like hashtag bandmen mixtape that we made for each other in college. I regret nothing, but I think the best part of the song and possibly the best moment of Pat Benatar's life is in the clip we're about to hear right now. Head girl, I so love this song. I think this is a great song. Uh, I feel like she does not want these songs from this era to be the lead in her obituary, and I really think she's got to lean into it, especially this one. It's so good, it's my number one 12 points. Yes, well, and she has stated in interviews that I've read that. They tried to drop this from her set list for a while, and there was such a fan uproar about it that they have never dropped no, it again. No, can't. She now just sings it every time. And I want to tell you right now that if 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 you're looking for one of the sassiest lyrics in rock history, you 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 could do worse than "Before I put another notch in my lipstick case, you better make sure you put me in my place." Yes. I mean, yes. 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 All yes. Well, and here's the thing. I think this song is diamond level brilliant. And it's only because I love so many of the songs on this album so much that I have it in fifth place with oh, eight points. Oh, man. And we the listeners rumble, put it in third. I think. <laughs> oh, well, hey, listen. But here's the thing. I love it. I'm not giving no disrespect. No disrespect meant. No disrespect intended. It's just that something's got to go fifth. And I love this song. But I put I gave it eight points. But the listeners put it in third place and gave it ten points. Third place? Listeners? I gotta go. I'm sorry. Hit me no, with sir, the we door have so many as I'm leaving. Bye, Felici. No. Well, everyone, now it's just Mark talks about songs. It was great having a co-host. I'll be taking it solo from here. Yeah. Do we belong, Mark? Do we? Well, 
uh, We Belong, uh, also like Love is a Battlefield, reached number five on the charts. The video features Pat Benatar wearing some of the ugliest neon green gloves that you will ever see. <laughs> that but that's really not does. There. And uh, I called for a clip from We Belong, and let's hit it. Close your eyes and try to dream Clear your mind and do your best To try and watch the valley green We can't begin to know it How much we really care I hear your voice inside me I see your face everywhere Still you say we belong to the light We belong to the Sarah, I'm going to go wild, if you don't mind, and I'm going to say uh, I would love to hear your thoughts before I share mine. Um, I really love this song. Uh, this is also an extremely well-built song. I found myself thinking while I was listening to it, like, I had one of those, like, what song does this remind me of? And I realized it's sort of the long-lost twin of Cindy Lauper's All Through the Night, Mm, yes. But like great the, comparison. But like fraternal twins and that that other song is like kind of the misshapen twin that ate paint. Um <laughs> not, not a huge fan of that song. I guess we're going to rank that album someday and that's that's going to get that's going to get uh scary. But there will be tears and blood I think on that on yeah, that ranking oh, episode. Jesus. Um it's yeah, it's like it's really well done like the it's interesting because the instrumentation of it like orally it's very over the top there's a lot of 80s casio frippery happening not in a bad way i enjoy it but then the lyrics are a pretty economical sketch of um like relationships that you know you it's like fallen a bit out of phase with itself but you still trust it um Mm. so the uh the like economical shorthand of the lyrics which is a little unusual for her she's more about bombast generally um in her song selections but it's like an interesting contrast with the throw you know through everything at the wall and everything stuck um instrumentation of the song but i you know it's a legendary song it was my number three ten points lovely well not only is this my favorite song on this album it is one of my favorite songs of the entire 80s i from the moment i heard this song as a small child i couldn't get enough i love it for all of the reasons that you just said including the lyrics um the lyrical economy and and the evocative quality of the lyrics close Uh, close your eyes and try to sleep now close your eyes and try to dream clear your mind and do your best to try and wash the palette clean that's a lovely lyric nestled in that song and that's why i clipped it i also clipped the section i did because 
the unapologetic drama of the boom, 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 boom oh, on so, the acoustic guitar right so before she... drama. Love it though. Like, just like you know what, y'all. Boom, 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 boom. I, mean, I kind of want that sound before I enter a room. I think I can make that happen for you. Your birthday is coming up. Um, yeah. Oh shit. It's so funny that like her trademark really is this melodrama and. In the first half of this album, you see some songs where she's not controlling it. But then in the back half of the album, I feel is where like that's maybe her like trademark in a way. Right. Is like that she's so sophomore year in in everything that she's doing, the like humorlessness, the cliches, all of that. But she's excellent at controlling it, usually. And <clears throat> and if you want to talk about controlled bombast, there's a children's choir. Uh, okay, uh-huh. y'all? There's a children's choir. And you don't come into the room with the children's choir unless you have decided to just let it all hang out there. You're like, you know what this song really fucking needed? 37 small children holding candles while wearing robes that they won't catch on fire, I hope. <laughs> okay, great. But uh, again, I just think this song is incredible. I have never in my entire life grown tired of singing it. I love, uh, I love the the way that she hits each syllable in uh, "I hear your voice everywhere." Still, you say like the staccato power of that, and then you get into that chorus. And I don't even really know what "We Belong to the Thunder" means, but I don't care. And I, I, the, the, the rhyming of the words thunder and under, for some reason, is very satisfying to me sonically. I obviously, at this point, as you know, put this song in first place, 12 points. The listeners and I agree. They also put this song in first place. It gets 12 points from them as well. Interesting. Boom. We're going to take a break from the rock and roll power of Ms. Pat Benatar and dip into a birthday chart reading. Yes, that's when I tell you the destiny of your success based on the song that was number one the day that you were born. And today's reading goes out to our listener, Heather. And Heather, you were born on December 13th, 1973, although you probably don't need me to tell you that. And the song that was number one the day you were born is Country Rock Ballad the Most Beautiful Girl by Charlie Rich. So before we get into your reading and see how this song predicts the destiny of your success, let's take a listen. If you happen to see the most beautiful girl that walked out on me, tell her I'm sorry. Tell her I need my baby. You tell her that I love her. Now, Heather, I will confess that I did not actually know this song until you made your request for a birthday chart reading. So first, I have to thank you for introducing it to me because it is actually pretty good. Uh, there's a really lovely melody, and it has a light blues tinge, which I appreciate. And actually, that light blues tinge is an important thing to remember when considering Charlie Rich, who started his career as a blues and rock 
guitarist and singer who was just trying to make a dollar in Arkansas and then started his real career on the charts, I should say, when he charted a few pop songs in the 60s. But it wasn't until he transitioned into country music that he became a big success for most of the 70s. He had a hit song called Behind Closed Doors that was a big country smash at the time. And then obviously, this song was number one on the pop chart as well. It was his biggest hit on the pop chart. And I think a thing that's important to remember about this song is that it was reflective of Charlie Rich's desire to fuse country, blues, and rock into one element, into one sound. And it's also important to remember that Charlie Rich never believed that he would be able to be a country star when he was uh, a young adult because he was married with young children and was working on a farm in Arkansas with his family. And he thought that that was going to be the end of the line for his dreams of music, except for the occasional side gig. But his wife sent a tape of his music to Sam Phillips at Sun Records, and that's how he got discovered. And then it's important to remember, too, that uh, Charlie Rich had sort of a classic country song life. He struggled with alcoholism in the 70s. His career went through some major ups and downs, and he eventually died of a lung embolism in the 90s when he was driving back from seeing his own son perform at a casino. Now, that might sound pretty tragic, but here, Heather, is how I think it actually can be understood as a roadmap to your success. For one thing, you may find yourself in a situation where the thing that you most want is seeming incredibly out of reach, and maybe that has something to do with a relationship or your job. I don't know. But I think if you uh, let your desires be known to the people around you, you might find yourself with some unexpected support that will actually push you into the success that you crave. And as you move forward, you will certainly be faced with ups and downs. But the important thing to remember is that if you persevere, you will probably leave something that will inspire others to move on uh, after you. And I think that we can see Charlie Rich's death, not as your actual death, but maybe it's going to be the end of the thing that you care about as you move on to the next new journey. But it will leave a legacy that perhaps your children, metaphorically, will pick up. So in other words, you might be interested in something professionally. You might do it for a while to great success. You might lay it down and then leave someone in your wake who can take on the things that you've taught them while you go on and do the next thing. That's how I feel like this song is going to reflect your success. And I hope that you enjoyed your reading, Heather, and happy almost birthday. And listeners, if you would like me to do a pop chart reading of your own, you can just shoot us an email at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, and I will let you know the process on getting you on our fine program. And now, back to Pat. And uh, next is the, so- the the third and final song that you called for a clip from. Indeed. So uh, why don't you give uh, us the skinny? I suspect that I will be diverging from you and the listeners once again rather seriously in my assessment of this because it is so strongly associated in my mind with the legend of Billie Jean. <laughs> when, we, when I was just talking about uh, Pat Benatar's excellent command of melodrama. Invincible is like the perfect song for those feelings that you have sort of like early to middle of high school of like, you are just drama in search of a plot. That's what it's like to be 15. Yes. Here's a clip.
Um, I don't think it's going to be invincible uh, in the rankings, but it's invincible in my heart. Like, there is an argument to be made that she actually does lose control of the drums here. Um, But I love this song for, like, weird, sentimental... I watched that movie 78 times because it was the only thing HBO was airing one summer reasons. I stand by that. Number two, 11 points. Well, Sarah, well, get ready for a surprise. I also have the song at number two. Ah, I'm so happy. I, I quit. love this song. Yay. Yay. Welcome back. We saved your, we, we didn't give anyone your locker and we left oh. that one sandwich in the fridge that had your name on masking tape. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Bless y'all. Um, I, I think that we were watching HBO the same summer because I remember so clearly sitting in my den, watching the legend of Billie Jean easily five times. Yardley Smith gets her period in the back mm-hmm. of that car. Christian Slater and Helen Slater, not actually brother and sister, which confused me because they had the same last name. Same. Uh, the moment when she just stands there with her arms raised just for like 55 minutes with the fair is fair and the short haircut. I just love it. And um, after hit me with your best shot, which reached number eight, love is a battlefield and we belong. which both reached number five. This was Pat Benatar's fourth and final top 10 hit. It peaked at number 10. It is much, much higher in my heart as well. I think that her vocal on this is great. I love there's something about the line won't anybody help us the way she stretches out every syllable it's just so luxurious and i love it and i just think that the chorus is great there's something so satisfying about screaming along to we will be invincible and i'm so glad that you brought up roller skating because this is the one pat benatar song with which i have a clear roller skating memory at roller coaster skate world in chattanooga tennessee and that is when you pump everybody pumping their fists on we will be invincible you're skating but you all pump your fist in unison on that part and for me again i agree with you sarah i think this song is spectacular second place 11 points and the patrons agree too they put it in fourth place and they gave it nine points all right fair is fair great what do you know? <laughs> and so that brings us now to the last two songs on the album. Next is Fire and Ice, which is basically another version of All Fired Up and Promises in the Dark. It is a, and Hell is for Children. It's a crunchy, grungy sounding, heavy metals type uh, power ballad from the 80s. I have no kick with this song, uh, as they used to say in plays of the late 20th century. I, I'm sorry, late 19th century. God, forgive me, professors. I don't have a problem with this song. It's totally fine. It's just not one that I really think about that much. So I put it in 10th place and gave it three points. And the patrons also had it in a tie for 10th and gave it three points. Sarah. I had it a little higher. Uh, it took a second to come back to me, this one. Um, it has a very strong beginning, like good rhythm line, strong opening, but it goes kind of by numbers after that. Um, I agree with what you were saying, that it's just like, do, do we need this one when we have Promises in the Dark et al.? Um, but it was still like, it wasn't dragging around in the bottom. For me, I had it at number seven with six points. Very good so that is okay and then do you want to take us into our final cut uh heartbreaker sure um 
I think that I thought this song was Joan Jett until I prepped this. Until last week, perhaps. Yeah, so, <laughs> um, I really love the late 70s punky post-blondie feel that the song has. I would have ranked this higher, but the backing vocal is like not unconscionably weak, but it's it's weak. It's like noticeably weak. It doesn't match. Um, I, I am like, I resent it a little bit for being there mm. um, compared with the lead vocal. I, I just don't understand why that wasn't retract um but it's still a great song it's still classic benatar and i had it at number five with eight points well we are in very close alignment here i had it in sixth place as did the patrons so that's seven points from both of us and i agree with everything you just said even about the backing vocal uh i i do really like the part again where the vocals drop out and she's just singing a cappella, but they've distorted her voice yeah. so it's dream it's like cool and very very 70s like look mom we just got a synthesizer let's see what we can do with it um <laughs> but that's great and, you know and it and, and it ends in classic pat style with some crazy heartbreaker like the highest note ever um so yeah that, that right there in the middle for me totally totally happy to hear that song at any time uh so sarah while i am tallying up the final rankings why don't you if you don't mind play the clip from the legend of billy jean again that's what you owe and we're not turning ourselves into we get it fair is fair we didn't start this we didn't mean it to happen but we're not giving up till you pay fair is fair yeah! <laughs> <laughs> And if you want to just call me from time to time and leave that as a voicemail on my phone, that would be great. Because, you know, I do still check voicemail unlike everyone else in the country. So I, um, I can actually turn that into a ringtone for you. I'm you not like. saying I would be mad about it if you did that. That's what she said. Um, so- <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. You are okay, welcome. well, Sarah, would you like to know our final results? I would. Are we starting at the bottom, as we like to do? Yes. Um, so our last place song with the least number of points at five, well, would you rather me do like third from last or like third, second, like lowest? Should I start there? Like the third lowest song? I'll do that. The third lowest song okay. with 12 points was Fire and Ice. Okay. The second lowest song with seven points was Song of the Lion, One Love. <laughs> and our lowest ranked song with five points only is We Live for Love. Now, I do want to point out, Sarah, that all three of your top three are our top three, although not exactly huh. in the order that you selected them. So I think that you should unquit again, personally. Um, <laughs> in third place with 30 points is Hit Me With Your Best Shot. Shocking. In in second place with 31 points is Invincible. And in first place with 32 points is We Belong. And that's only one point difference between all of them. So hit me with your best shot, Invincible, We Belong, Bronze, Silver, Gold. I think that's a fairly solid top three. I have to say, like, that is not that is not where I saw this going. Uh, but I am content. I am glad that We Belong 
and Invincible. I didn't. I would have not. I wasn't surprised by We Belong. I wouldn't have necessarily predicted Hit Me with Your Best Shot or Invincible. I really thought that Love Is a Battlefield was like a lock for the top three. Yeah, but I thought that are. too. And I am shocked that Invincible even charted because um, it's. I don't know. Like my. But I'm always mistaken about, like, when I make a Legend of Billie Jean reference, like, everyone gets it. I don't know why I think it's so obscure. Everyone was watching HBO at the same time that summer. Even people weren't born yet. So, Well, I I even think also, like, when HBO would give away the free week, that movie was always on. Like, so even people who didn't get HBO, but they just had it for a week a year, they watched The Legend of Billie Jean. Right. Well, well, yeah, I feel that's like, that's yeah. a weird outcome, but I don't know. It's it's like any other ranking episode we do. Like some of it I saw coming, other things I didn't see coming, and just like Pat Benatar herself and her her songcraft, uh, I brought a lot of melodrama, but I controlled it. <laughs> you quit. But then you ask for your job back, and mm-hmm. that's the key. That's that's being in control of your melodrama. Uh, that's why you have such a long bridge, is so that things can happen, so that you and can I fit a lot made, of plot in. Speaking of, I only made one reference to my genitals exploding, so I feel like I've earned some credit there as well. That is controlled melodrama. This is Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, hosted by Mark Blankenship, that's me, and Sarah D. Bunting, and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. Need to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Here's how. Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at talksongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mastus.podcast. And you can become a supporter and producer of this podcast at our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastus. So until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.